tuning you in now to the all-new LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll with your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Well, All right. <laughs> here we are again. Oh my gosh, it's so nice to be here with you. Uh, yeah. still in person. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the LBX Daily. We are your hosts, Christine Viewer and Brandon Wiley. Thanks for being here with us. So likely by now, or hopefully, fingers crossed, you've received our email and you know what we're trying to do is uh, build a community for location-based entertainment centers and family entertainment centers. Um, so these podcasts are our first way to build and engage within this community. And just to quickly ex- to explain to some of you newcomers here, the LBX Daily is a lightning quick 15-20 minute podcast video cast highlighting some of the fascinating things happening in the location-based entertainment industry. On the first part of the show, which we call the rundown, we touch on some of the interesting topics and stories that we've seen over the past 24 hours that we think are, you know, interesting and worthy of discussing. <laughs> we hope that you think what we think is interesting as well. Um, and then we top that all off with our own musings of an industry-specific topic during the ruminations portion. And during that, um, what we're trying to do is create ideas to... Um, or the idea is really just uh, create a community and get people to share ideas and connect. Then what we do is we post this rumination on the Discord channel that we have created after the podcast and ask you to join us there to provide your thoughts and give us your feedback on that rumination. So this brings me to the biggest point. What the heck are Brandon and I doing here? Um, you know, this show is not about us yammering away, drinking <laughs> tasty drinks and all that thing. What we're trying to do is build a community called the LBX Collective. And it's a place where industry professionals like you can connect interact, engage, inspire, and celebrate collective triumphs. So if you haven't done so already, after this podcast, head on over to our website, lbxcollective.com, and there you can follow us on social media, tune into our show, and most importantly, join this amazing community that we're creating. All right, ready to get things rolling, shall we? Yeah, yeah, let's start with the rundown. So uh, one of the things that is come up actually tomorrow it opens is only murders in the building it's uh done by the escape game and they converted one of their game rooms into an only murders in the building uh escape game and i don't know if you've watched uh, i love the show i've watched both seasons and the season three just came out august 8th and so they timed this perfectly to coincide with uh, the actual season premiere, uh, season three premiere. I am so excited about this. I've not even heard about this show before. I feel like so in the dark here. And I don't know if that's because we don't get it up in Canada and I'm going to have to like like go underground to try to find yeah, it. But yeah. it sounds amazing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great show and I'm excited to watch season three. I have not watched any of it yet. So, um, but I think what's interesting is they're only running from 11th to the 13th. It's so bizarre. It's it's in LA. It's at the Westfield Century Mall, and it's it's already sold out. Um, and then they're running an online only version of the game, uh, the, the escape game, and it runs from August 14th to the 18th, and that is also sold out. Um, and so to me, it seems like a massively missed opportunity to just extend the length of time. I get pop ups, and I get doing something for a short period of time. But why would you go through all that effort to rescan your sure. theme and only run it for one weekend? Well, and I don't understand the concept of like it's in person and then there's an online version. Like, isn't the idea of the online so there's more opportunity to actually engage in the game? Like, more people can come and do it. Like, you'd think something like that couldn't sell out. Yeah, yeah, but they did. They had limited passes as well. And I oh, think it should drive that scarcity maybe. But, yeah. but at the same time, 
it's not like I can resell my online pass for a greater amount of money. So like, it, you know, scarcity is almost like shooting yourselves in the foot a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe they're just doing a trial to see how this works out. And then future exhibitions like this or, you know, uh, pop-ups like this will be bigger. Yeah, absolutely. But regardless, it's clear that if you use really strong IP and specifically tie it around something that's that's like uh, very relevant. So you know, sure. season three is coming, you know, just came out and now it's relevant. That's mm-hmm. a great way to drive this type of sellout crowd. Even if you're going to run it for a month, I bet it was sold out. So certainly something to think about in, in centers. Sure. Adding to your center drive traffic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great idea. Um, in other news, I, I thought this was so, actually, it, was, it touches my soul. Um, Fortnite, uh, they have added a Holocaust museum inside of their platform. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. And so uh, the designer of this, um, Bernard, he, um, that's his last name, he decided that he wanted to create this experience for users where they would pop out of the game. So they, they quit playing, they would be shooting inside of this museum. Um, and they'd be able to go in there and learn about some of the victims and catch some of the stories and, you know, read some of the history. Now, there's not going to be um, explicit photos of bodies or, you know, the torture chambers and all that stuff in there. But it's definitely a great way to keep the whole idea of this alive, which, I mean, history just kind of goes by so quickly. It would be terrible if we actually forgot about this. So what a brilliant way to introduce this to a younger population that's playing video games and probably would never have the opportunity to, you know, either learn about this or actually even go visit um, a lot of these areas where this damage and terror essentially occurred. Yeah, no, it's it's um, it's an absolutely incredible and a great idea. And I think it's what's great about it too is they just implemented it quietly. I mean, not quietly. There's press about it, but implemented without all of the hoopla about metaverse and is this part of the metaverse and trying to do something virtually. You know, they just they built something that was a monument and attraction and and respectful in an online environment. Yeah, and didn't make a big deal out of it as far as the technology and you know changing culture or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was great. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, well, on another level, uh, you know, aligning with culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my daughter finally went and saw the Barbie movie yesterday. She so good. Uh, put a picture up that she would hate that if I did that. Uh, she went with friends, they dressed up and they went and saw the movie. Uh, she did say that she cried twice mm-hmm. uh, in the movie. And, um, and I did the same. So I, went I, saw with I did too. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely phenomenal movie. But uh, if you don't want to just, see the movie and you've always wanted to experience the Barbie dream house. Well, Mattel adventure park is opening up in Glendale next year. In, uh, and that's not, not Glendale, California, Glendale, Arizona, believe it or not. Mm. And so we're finally, I'm, I'm a Venetian uh, my whole life and we're finally getting a real amusement park theme park. And so happens to be a Mattel, which is awesome. Yeah, They're so getting lucky. a couple of hot wheels, roller coasters, which I'm excited. About. Right on. I'm really excited to go to the Barbie dream house and walk around. <laughs> like, and, and I don't know if you're gonna be able to float down off the, off the second story, oh my like gosh. the first story, but uh, that'd be pretty amazing if they had a little zip line experience or something. That would be the ultimate experience, yeah. you know, absolutely. Something like grabs you from behind and puts you down. Absolutely. And I hope there's lots of swag and different things to buy because I mean, who wouldn't want the Barbie dream house outfits and yeah. some of the dresses and oh, I have oh. no, I have no question that they're going to yeah. be they're going to do the the whole merchandise game really well especially considering they were a merchandise sure uh, company first you know game company before that, they yeah you know, absolutely before they You're were back. now yeah they're into lo- location-based yeah. entertainment now so hey um who, what do you think every little girl and 
guy is going to be dressing up for Halloween this year as. Oh, I'm not be surprised. It's going to be mm. Barbie and Ken. Mm-hmm. Barbie and Ken, or some, some variants, you know, some of the variant Barbies as well. Oh, yes, so, that's true. Yeah. That's great because, you know, Barbie isn't always just the iconic Barbie that that's Margot right. Robbie played. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's true. But, you know, and so also along the lines of just using IP and leveraging IP for location-based entertainment, there's actually this really interesting uh, golf course that's opening up. Right. And um, that is also opening up in L.A., uh, yeah, that's yep, right. Yep, okay. mm-hmm. I was like, that's I was right. Yep. It was LA. Yep. Um, and it's called Giggity Golf. And it's based around it's based around Family Guy, <laughs> one of my it. favorite cartoons uh, mm-hmm. of all time. Um, and anyway, I, I just laugh when I think of the whole term giddy, giggity, giggity and where that comes oh. from in the first place. So um, what, what, what's interesting about this is it's only a nine hole course. So right. they went and did some really probably expensive IP you know, development to just develop a nine hole course. Seemed a little bit undersized. You probably could do a couple of courses, but there and the, and the ticket prices aren't super high either, unless you go and you buy a VIP experience. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're trying to optimize around is the fact that they go through. In order to go into the course, you go through the drunken clam first. That's right. And so you obviously you know it's a full it's a full size bar. You can get any drink you want, and then you exit through the drunken clan as well. That's right. Yeah. You know, I'd also read in addition to that, that um, they were going to try to incorporate trivia, um, family guy trivia into some of the holes. So they're going to ask some questions and no idea. It doesn't explain in there how that's going to work. But I mean, if you're a family guy fan, there you go. This is going to be your ultimate dream, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I wonder how inside that trivia is going to be. Yeah, that, right. When, when I went and played putt shack, there was a, there was a couple of holes that you have to answer. So you, you get your hole, your, your ball to go one place to the next. And depending on where you are, you have to answer certain trivia to get extra points based on uh, which hole cool. you go into, which is really cool. But the trivia was, was pretty pedestrian. Like it didn't require you to be super knowledgeable. Oh, so things, it wasn't so. trivial pursuit, like green level where you no. had to be a chemist to understand. No. Some of the- <laughs> so I'm sure it'll probably be something that's, that's fairly, but I guess people who are going to play giggity golf in the first place are probably going to be family yeah. fans. And hopefully they have the same thing. They, they merchandise well. So mm-hmm. they're going to make money from, Drinks and for merchandise mm. beyond just the, the mini golf. I, I, I'm sure. I'm sure. I wonder when they'll host their first wedding. Actually, we <laughs> yeah, <not laughs> truly, truly would not yeah. be surprised at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? If, if uh, two two people are getting married that love Family Guy, man, that's mm. that's gonna mm. be that's a good marriage, right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to eat you. I think that <laughs> I think that's what it is. Anyway, don't quote me on that. I'm not. <laughs> um, and in other news, actually, on a rumination today. We um, we saw something really interesting, actually, <laughs> um, regarding vending machines. Um, and I really, I, I just wanted to dig into this a little bit because Betson had come out saying, you know, an, a, offering an, a suggestion that maybe to help with staffing issues and to sell more product that it might be, you know, a, an idea or a thought to put a vending machine in your actual location. And so I did a little bit of research on this. And um, what I kind of determined was there, there is actually a huge market for vending machines. <laughs> Amazingly, um, if you can believe this, um, $18 billion US a year is spent in vending machines. And they believe that by 2027, it's going to go up to $30 billion. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. Yeah, That's crazy. It, it, insane, really. And just, just because of ease of use, and people are going to actually recognize that it's a really cool side hustle. There's not a lot of maintenance to it. Um, there are some problems along the way, but you know, it, it's a really great way to make some passive income, right? Um, and so I guess the, the question is, is like, is, is that something that everybody here would consider putting in an FEC? Does anybody have a 
a vending machine in their FEC right now. Um, I know, you know, vending machines range from $800 to $10,000, depending on what you're putting in. Do you know what I mean? I mean, a snack vending machine is probably less than one where it has to be plugged in and chilled with drinks in it or ice creams or anything like that. Um, but really, the, the return on vending machines don't seem really big to me. Like the average machine is making $309 a month. So I guess my question is, is if there's a massive cost of buying the machine, you have to stock it. Um, you're only making $309. You're paying credit card fees likely. You're probably paying for some electricity if it's a, a chilled machine. Um, does it actually make sense? And is that it worth the hassle? And is it worth the space it's taking up on your floor to have that vending machine there? Yeah, certainly. And I think it depends on what's in the vending machine and what it's doing for you and what it's what it's look and feel is too, right? So I think if it's your standard, you know, you've got 17, you know, 17 different snacks and then like some other benefits and some, some gum at the top, like, you know, a snack or a soda vending machine depending on its placement, it's not super interesting, but we've seen some really cool vending machines that are, you know, it prints out cotton candy in a, in a, sure. certain, you know, a certain shape, or you've got Skittles, you've got the Skittles vending machine. This one is absolutely amazing. You can choose which color Skittles, and then it like literally layers oh, out the Skittles cool. into a cup for you. And so like, I think if the vending machine is maybe adds to the experience, that's or, or to mini melts or dip and dots vending machines, like that, mm-hmm. then depending on where you place it, if it's an experiential, then, then maybe there's a place for it and you can justify it. But I think it's just a regular snack vending machine. I have a hard time justifying how it doesn't take away from the guest experience ultimately, or it takes them away from the snack bar where you have the potential to upsell them. Uh, and and, and that's, that's a major issue. And, I think. and to me, that's the biggest thing there that you miss out on is that you have the opportunity to sell them a bag of popcorn and a drink versus just the drink. Right. So you are losing that on that extra revenue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and then the credit card feeds, like to me, that's, that's ridiculous, right? There, there's so much extra to actually pay to do that. And then it's an extra processing thing and an extra step to add into your center to actually, you know, align it all and make it all work. So yeah. now at yeah. the same time, you know, at the same time you mentioned, as we were talking before this, that you had, if you go car track, you actually had a vending machine out there near the queue because it was, there was no snack bar near, near that's so their queue yep. for the go-kart and they want to drink, they're thirsty. So they walk right over the vending machine and there, that is an upsell opportunity and you're outdoors, it probably fits like a little bit. And so that it's less of a distraction and doesn't take away. It actually adds to the guest experience in some ways. Yeah. And, and it did make sense for us to do that for a long time. Um, I wish I could remember how much revenue we were actually making from it, you yeah. know, but it, it was so long. Too, it was, time, which so. is actually lovely. So we, I mean, we didn't claim it. So it was a lot simpler. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But that's when, yeah, your quarters and loonies and tunies were Canadian, obviously, um, or all, uh, you know, usable and stuff. So I, we didn't have credit card processing on them. So it did make yeah. sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Certainly. Well, I mean, the whole reason we have the rumination too, yeah. is just, we can discuss it here, but we also want to hear from you. So head on over to the LBX collective discord and join your, join the LBX daily channel and post your thoughts, post your, you know, other questions. And yeah, we'd really love to, to hear from you. Yeah, up front. Absolutely. Um, well, so just like that, this was uh, you know pretty concise and uh, you know, we reached the end of today's LBX daily. Oh, tears. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but look, you know, party is about to end here. Uh, we're going to continue that conversation over Discord. So hop over to the Discord channel. Um, tell us what you're thinking. Share your thoughts. Share your feedback. We want to learn from you. We want to learn. We want to improve this show as well. Absolutely. So we talk about the things you want to talk about. Um, and so we'd love your feedback. But uh, hey, we want to get this thing rolling. So help spread the news about the uh, about the collective share these episodes these specific episodes share the link to the discord or just send them to lbxcollective.com um, and get it out to everybody you know even those operators and owners that you know that live, that live under a rock and mm-hmm. uh, you know aren't aren't aware of what's going on 
Uh, tell them to head on over to lbscollective.com and join the most fantastic community ever. Absolutely. Anyway. So, yes. And until we meet again. Cheers. Fellow LBXers, this is CB and VW signing <laughs> up for the cheers. Uh, and stay tuned and stay extraordinary. Yes. Take care, everyone.